Are you prepared to embark on a fantastic journey to the adorable world of furry characters? We'll strap in because we're discussing Fates and Furhaven. Welcome, heroes, to the Crit Academy. I am your host, Justin. And I am your guest, Kimbori. And I'm your host, Ian. Brandon is out today because he's not feeling well, and we don't want COVID. So, <laughs> <laughs> Well, we hope to inspire you with creative content that you can bring with you on your next adventure. Oh, I am so excited to talk about this. Uh, uh, thank you for joining us today, Kim. Um this is something that really has got me really excited. Um, Furhaven takes place in the world of Aloria, a place of mystery and danger where adorable characters undertake dangerous quests to protect their families and homes. The main hub of commerce and civilization is a settlement known as Furhaven, a large community of humble furs from throughout the forest, pastures, and sunny spaces. Hey, uh, Furhaven is an exciting campaign setting for 5e full of colorful characters characters, magical items, spells, new races, and daring adventures, and it's so darn cute. <laughs> I love cute. Um, special guest, Cam, is joining us today. Thank you so much. Cam, can you tell us a little bit about yourself and uh, what you do in the world of tabletop RPGs? Sure, yeah. So um, I've been working in the games industry for about uh, eight, nine years now. Uh, started out at EA Games, and before that, I was working on uh, advertising, uh, marketing, kind of that side of things. Um, since then, I uh, right as COVID was hitting, um, I didn't know how to pay the bills, so I thought, why don't I start modeling uh, dice towers and try to sell them on Kickstarter? My husband thought I was crazy. <laughs> and I don't know how, but the campaign blew up. It was probably because we were all home, uh, all on our computers at that time. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. So we were all stressed out and wanted to spend our money. <laughs> so um, this is my third campaign. The other two were really focused on dice towers, GM screens, um, and dice uh, vaults, all 3D printable. And I thought this time I'd branch out and, and make some make like an entire world. Uh, and pull in the kind of 3D printing as kind of a, a supplement to this world. I really need to sit back down and recalibrate my 3D printer. Yeah. <laughs> oh, um, 3D printing is no joke. It is stressful and it's a lot of work, but man, it's amazing when you can finally hold something in your hands and use it. Oh, when it finally comes out the way you, you want it. <laughs> yeah, after like 20, yeah. 20 attempts. Yeah. <laughs> like, no! Yes. yes. Like, yeah, I will admit, I've never really been much of a swearer until I started thinking. <laughs> and... I understand. That's so, funny. Um, so uh, and first of all, the, the 3D prints are amazing. Um, mm -hmm. To my understanding, you do the modeling, right? Yeah. You know, yep, um, I did the designing and the modeling. Worked with some really talent, talented artists to kind of bring the sketch into fruition. 
so I could say, hey guys, give me money and I'll make this. <laughs> <laughs> well, and that's one and of the beauties. Of, yeah, that's one of the beauties of Kickstarter, right? Yeah. So bef- oh, yeah. before we delve into uh, Fur Haven uh, a little more, um, can we always like to ask our guests because one thing about D&D is it's such a memorable experience and everyone experiences yeah. difference. Would you be willing to ex- uh, share your most memorable tabletop D&D moment with us? Oh man, that's a hard question. Um, yes. <laughs> so, uh, we've been, so, um, I started a ladies D and D group. Um, and we've had a lot of fun playing it through adventures. And, um, before that, um, I was playing a, um, curse of strata. We never finished it <laughs> <laughs> because of COVID. But um, we made good friends with Strahd. We were his buddies. <laughs> we were at his beck and call. <laughs> we would do what he said. So I'm sure the GM didn't really know what to do with us, but he kept going <laughs> with it. Um, and at one point, so I got to play. My brother was one of the players. And he picked up a cursed bone. <laughs> and we were completely swarmed by undead. And he didn't know what it was. So... Finally, when he figured out that it was a cursed bone, he threw it <laughs> and it landed on a player um, who was by themselves. Oh, no. <laughs> so it was unfortunate, but it was it was it was really funny. <laughs> so so you told me something before the uh, show started about your neighbor. Would you share yeah. that with everyone? Because I'm so excited for you. Yeah. Laura and Tracy Hickman are our friends and neighbors. And, what? Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I've been wanting to, to play D&D for forever. And it was fun that I got to meet them and started playing because... Uh, yeah, that'll help out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you got that? Yeah. Um, so, so they were the authors of a kind of... They're the ones who took Dungeons and Dragons as a um, kind of a delving game uh dungeon game and made it into a storytelling game yeah authors of the Dragonlands books exactly. that's amazing yep. i yeah. actually saw yeah. tracy hickman in a panel once with ed greenwood so yeah oh, that sounds awesome oh, yeah it's like meeting a superstar. they're really nice people <laughs> yeah <laughs> silverwood says shut the front door it is cold outside so you should yeah. and um uh, silverwolf is this amazing artist by the way so a uh, lot of the art you see here is from, from him. Is it? I think this is a different... It might be a different Silver Wolf. Yeah, Are because, you my artist, Silver Wolf? Because he joins us regularly, unless he's... Oh, he, that'd be fun. That'd be awesome. Yeah. Uh, all right, so... Silver uh, Fox is my artist. Silver oh, Fox. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I know the difference between foxes and wolves, I promise. Yep. Well, all right, so <laughs> let's get into it. Can you tell us about Furhaven? This is your chance to, to everything, spew it out. Let's okay. hear it all. I want to. So there's so much in the story of, of Fur Haven. I have to be really careful about what I give out. Oh. There's, there's many secrets. So, um, I won't tell nobody. <laughs> no one will know. <laughs> um, so what's pertinent to, pertinent to our characters, our playable characters, is... Um, Ten years ago, there was a major war between the factions, the furs, the scales, and the feathers. And um, afterwards, they they had a a peace treaty, and um, our characters start out at level zero. Um, They live on a really boring um, uh, farm, and they raise uh, pill bugs. 
kind of like our, our sheep, our pigs, there they, they raise insects and, uh, and they fish for their food. Um, and, you know, they, they hear all these amazing stories of their ancestors of, of, of big deeds. And um, they, they um, you know, once, once upon a time, there were dragons supposedly that lived on this, this land. And, you know, they don't quite believe everything, but they do dream for a bigger, more exciting life. Uh, let's see. So uh, what else can I tell you? Um, you'll run into characters that you may believe are evil, but you might just, you know, you might discover later that they're just typical people trying to survive. You might find heroes that end up having alternate, alternate, uh, motives. Um, that, the, and the whole idea behind this is, is because of 5e, Adults can play this and they can play it in a gruesome, darker way, mm -hmm. or you can play with your younger kids in a light, fun, kind of um, explorative way as well. Yep, yeah. I can definitely see this being a game for kids. I can also see yeah. some players going the Happy Tree Friends route. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and, that's, and that's one of the things that I think is really cool about the versatility of 5e. Um, yeah. and I'm, I'm sharing some of your Kickstarter Im images here so everyone can kind of see, mm -hmm. first of all, the, the, the setting itself is super exciting. Um, obviously you said you didn't want to give away too much, but I love the, yeah. the, the art style really sets the mood, um, for the type of game you're going to run. Oh yeah. Um, and I love the fact that you start at level zero. Um, that's not something that you see a lot of, um, these days. And I think it's a really great way to um show the characters progression because they're not starting off already heroes they're going on their adventure and then they're be becoming heroes and i think that that's yeah. a really a nice distinction um i also think that the artwork in this book is phenomenal um oh, so great it really turned out absolutely adorable um which is <laughs> definitely something you're going for like i was gushing over it last week i'm doing it again because i think it's done so well they <laughs> love it that's, that's fun for me so um, what I noticed and that really separates this is it comes as like a box set. Um, yeah. And the one things that really stand out are the cards in the little uh, um, stat block um, or stat character sheet things. Can you tell us a little bit about that and what drove, sure, drove you that direction? It's worth mentioning that this, this campaign is actually for three different products. Uh, product number one is a 5e compatible book full of all of the information that you need to mm -hmm. just run your own campaign from this world. Sure. Or we also have adventure settings. Okay. Um, the second product is actually a boxed beginner RPG that has um, character cards that are blank when you start out. And as you explore, as you um, succeed in, in battles or in uh, puzzles or other experiences, you you discover magic, you discover magical items that you add. Uh, so when you have like a, a, a round of, of combat or whatnot, mm -hmm. um, you have these action cards that have class-based um, spells or weaponry or whatnot. But right. this way, the, the kids or the beginner players, they don't have to know all their stats. There's right. stats on there, but... Um, they, they can focus more on the cool thing they can do 
and rolling a simple d20 to see if they succeeded. And um, I think that that's um, really on point for optimizing it for children because they're not going to care about all the nitty-gritty and the numbers early on. Um, they're yeah. just going to want to do the cool things. And these yeah. really cool cards that you've made – um, so I was looking at the uh, the really cool cards things. I, I got distracted right in the middle of my own statement. <laughs> These <laughs> cards that you made are really cool because um, they tell the, the pl- you give it to the character and or the person and they can uh, either read it or at the very least, if the, the parent explains it to them, they can know what the picture is. So once you explain yeah. it to them, they don't necessarily have to have a, a, a good um, understanding of what it says, but what it does. Yeah. And I exactly. think that that's a really great way to do it. What do you think, Ian? I <clears throat> I definitely think there's a lot of good options here that makes the game accessible, especially for newer players, too, mm-hmm. and younger ones. And the way I see it, the more people we get into the hobby, the better. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Um, so, well, and go ahead. I will slide in. My background has been in UX and UI design. Mm. So um, I'm, uh, I was hoping to really tap into that with these cards. I wanted, like, I really love 5e, but I'm the one who it's, it's my turn and we have a raging beast and I have to know what the <laughs> heck I can do and what I can't do anymore. And I'm the one that takes far too much time going, ah, uh, <laughs> uh. so I wanted to really simplify this. So, so beginner players can really enjoy the experience mm-hmm. without stressing about all of the complexities, but it does teach you it slowly. Yeah, kind of I, one thing at a time. And I think that that's important too. Um, so the, the thing that popped in my mind that I wanted to ask you is yeah. I noticed in the, uh, in the uh, sets you have here uh, of the little uh, character sheets, you have little like tokens in here. Are those yeah. like, is that like, riv- like, is that like hollowed out so you can physically sit something into it? Am I looking at that so, right? No, no. It's, so it's, it's, a, it's essentially a card. And you have tokens. You have okay, okay. equipment Darks. tokens, and then you have basic um, inventory like rope, um, torches, uh, kind of more of the. Well, this is a rope, and I know what a rope does, so I don't need a lot of text, text for it. it. That that's yeah. very clever, yeah. and is a perfect way for uh, to uh, for the children to understand. I have this rope. What, can I do this with it? I think you're going to get a lot of that, which is, by the yeah. way, if you haven't run D&D for kids, you need to. Anybody out there in the, the Crit Nation, um, it is single-handedly the most mind-blowing experience because they will think <laughs> of things that I've never I've never even could have dreamed of as an adult. Does that make me a kid? <laughs> well, okay, you're the exception maybe, I guess. Like, um, for me, it reminds me of the old uh, Yoda saying that says uh, – uh, what did he, what did he say? The, oh, talk about the younglings. Another line. I just can't think of the top no, of my head. He goes something along the lines that uh, wondrous the mind of a child can be, or something like that. And yeah. that's something that every player needs to experience. Um, Agreed. So, yeah. all jokes aside, though, I wish I had even a fraction of the imagination I had when I was five. Right. <laughs> because oh, yeah, they don't. Know, right. Kids don't have the preconceived uh, um, concepts and the limitations of what the text might say. Um, So uh, you should know that uh, one of uh, our uh, fans, Dalsinia is certainly uh, interested in your product. So I'm glad we're hitting the right market there. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So uh, I think we'll go ahead and move on. I I just realized we've been talking for like 20 minutes. (laughs) You just realized that? 
<laughs> you should have seen me before the show. I was like, I wanted to ask her like 20 questions. Yeah, well. I'm an open book. Uh, <laughs> ask away. <laughs> all right. How different is this from a regular D- D&D Beyond the setting? Like what, what sort of like rules, class changes have you made? <laughs> yeah. So we have definitely some unique takes on on 5e. Um, we have um, kind of familial... Um, uh, we, we group species by their ancestries. So, uh, for instance, if you take like um, a wolf, <laughs> I'll just use my last example, a wolf and a fox may have a similar ancestry. Okay. So they have some specific abilities or traits um, that they have developed through that genealogy. Mm-hmm. Um, so with with the way we've taken 5e is you literally can take the book and you can play any creature that, that we have on, on this planet. You can play a platypus, you can play a snake, you can play, um, I don't know, uh, just any type of creature, a, a koala, um, pretty much anything you think of. We have rules for them that you can kind of apply to your character. That is awesome um, and so forward thinking. Uh, of course she would ask that. <laughs> my wife wants to know, can I be a flamingo? You could be a flamingo. You would be a feather. Um, uh, we do have kind of the distinction between furs, feathers, scales, and fibs. Fibs are kind of the awkward ones. They don't really quite know what to do with. So that's kind of the, the term that the others use for that. I love that. Oh, the catch-all. Yeah. (laughs) It's like the equivalent of muggles. Right? They're they're different, right? Like. They're different. Your wizard, warlock, muggle. Um, let's see what other things, um, man, there's so much, you know, we have, you know, unique deities, um, we have unique lands, we have, um, I wanted, I wanted it to be a lot of stories, some, you know, really unique role tables that are kind of more like ad libs where, you know, if you want to do a one shot and you just want to make it up on the fly, you can do a role table where, you know, it picks like what the quest is and where the location is and what the you know quest giver is mm-hmm. and all that. So you can just go. <laughs> I love that. Um, I, oh, let's see what else. I yeah, see Delcinia is talking about including her animals, uh, her pets as as yeah. characters in her games. Like she's literally looking at your Kickstarter right now and she's her cat is such a cleric. He's a cuddler. Oh, he's cleric's... a cuddler. I love that. Um, so the dog you see on there, that is my Cocker Spaniel. She's She's gone now, but she was my buddy growing up. Sure. And yeah. she would hoard socks. <laughs> um, and, like, if your sock was on the floor, like, it was her sock. Like, there was no chance anymore. Um, but, but she has a little bag kind of on her hip with socks in it. Uh, the character. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. That's fun. I'm really, I'm excited to, to, you know, do some creative thinking with, with the backers for that tier. Right. And really um, have the personality of their, their beloved pet or animal. <laughs> I have yeah, to... exactly. And she lives forever in D&D, but um, you know, like I love animals, obviously. I mean, I did this campaign and you know, they're, they're my people. <laughs> for sure. For sure. I have to ask how big of an influence the Disney afternoon block. <laughs> that we all grew oh, up in the so this, like, um, uh, let's see. Um, 
Um, come on, Brain. <laughs> the, um, oh, come on, Robin Hood. Yes. Yeah. Robin Hood is totally what I wanted to make here. <laughs> Makes um, sense. I, I, loved, I loved that movie. I think you exceeded that <laughs> movie in every possible capacity. Um, I love yeah. that growing up, and I can totally yeah. see that in here. Um, the rooster. Yeah. yeah. Please tell me, uh, he's talking about yeah. the, what's the, 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 the rock, the, the Elvis Presley rooster guy. Oh, that's yeah. a different movie altogether. Uh, Rock-a-Doodle. Rock-a-Doodle, yes! yes! Oh my gosh, yeah. I want to play a Rock-a-Doodle bar now! That's actually oh a, my gosh, that would be so that's actually hard. a Don Bluth movie, not a Disney <laughs> movie. Well, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, so, uh, obviously there's a lot that goes into this, uh, product, uh, and the content and the development process. Do you think you can tell us maybe about some of the, the challenges? That you ran sure. into? So, challenges me personally making this campaign? Yes. Oh, man. It's always time. Money yeah. is always another part of it. But mm-hmm. um, so I have two kids. I have a, a two-year-old who's almost three. And we have a five-year-old. Um, well, actually, he just turned six. And he is, he is on the autism spectrum. Mm-hmm. So, Same. you know, it's, it's been a lot of trying to help him and still you know fulfilling my other campaign and i mean i've been planning this for haven for over a year so luckily with with that planning you know we were i was able to get everything kind of prepared but also i've been really struggling finding my audience with this campaign um because most of like my marketing goes to a very specific group of of people online Mm -hmm. um so, but what what I'm seeing in the chat is I think I think you guys are our audience. So <laughs> yes, <laughs> I'm telling you right now, uh, you got a backer in me. So that's at least one. So all right, Please, and so I want to make this work. <laughs> um, but yeah, definitely, it's always time, and just um, due to my experience over the last 23 years of being a UI UX designer. What does that um, mean for you know, those that are not in the know? Oh. Um, so I would design a lot of the interface uh, buttons and kind of how you get from one part of the game to another part of the ah, game okay. through right. the interface. Um, uh, but through through kind of that experience, it's it's I can sit down and kind of organize all the content and organize all the tasks and right. schedule out all the work that needs to be done. Yeah. All right. And what but, would you yeah. say? What would you say your favorite part has been or creating for Haven? Oh, the art. <laughs> these Definitely. artists are amazing <laughs> you know um silver fox uh my artist that did most of the characters man like he's so crazy talented i would come to him with kind of a write-up of who the character is and what i think they should be wearing or mm-hmm. what colors you know and and he just brings them to life and that's been super fun for me um coming up with magical items and props and characters like i i'm a complete lord nerd i you know like i'm pretty there's like 10 years of my life that was completely lost to world of warcraft um <laughs> because i love the story i love the lore and i wanted something really deep and it's hard to show that in a kickstarter campaign because because uh-huh. mm-hmm. so much of it builds on on so much of it um that is a terrible sentence but it's it, <laughs> it, so deep and there's so much history and and stuff that happens and 
I don't want to give anything away, right? Right, right, <laughs> so it's right. Hard to show that. But I do want to think it's worth mentioning too is that Kickstarter is fully funded. That yes. I think yeah. it is that is worth mentioning. You have succeeded. <laughs> so congratulations. <laughs> um, I think that that's a really good segue into the the next part of this is. Um, if the, when does the Kickstarter end? And uh, well, first of all, if you if you, this sounds like something you want to do right now, you're listening to this, and uh, it ends when? Uh, it ends not this Thursday, but the following Thursday. So that would be uh, March twenty fourth. Yep. So if yeah. you're listening to this right now, and it's not March twenty fourth, head on to re- rebrand.ly/slash/crit/furhaven. Um, and check it out. Um, please, uh, if it sounds great, check it out, back it. It's, it's going to be, obviously I'm a backer, so y'all going to need to be. <laughs> um, and I think that, uh, if it's after that, that, after that date, let's say sometime in the future, cause the podcast will be out there in the worldwide internet forever. Where would they head to pick this up? Uh, once it's, uh, finishing published. So just visit fatesend.net. And then we will have links to the late pledge backer. Wonderful. Wonderful. Um, I'm super excited for this product. Um, Mm -hmm. I can tell Mm -hmm. that a lot of your heart and soul went into it. Um, Your, the, 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 not only in the, the, the presentation, but in the writing of the lore and and it all is just so well done. So congratulations on being a, achieving your your um funding goal i hope that you go beyond and hit several uh of your stretch goals um, oh we have tons yeah, yeah. They're so good i really <laughs> really just i love I, if you guys haven't seen this dice this dice tower uh at, uh i keep saying i want to say sti it's stl file uh if <laughs> you look if you look at yes. this bad boy it is just monstrous they're and nice. I, where is it at there it is. look at that monstrosity i love it um, that's so that cool? is so cool. It's like a little tiny, oh. like Disney village. It's so great. <laughs> the one on the left is a dice tower. The Work. one on the right is a GM screen. Yep. That's so awesome. <laughs> I love it. So and I, it's worth noting on both ends of the GM screen are, are dice towers. One rolls out and one rolls in. Ooh. So one rolls to the, the players and one rolls out. That's or great. The, I love the, it. The GM. <laughs> All right, um, so uh, (laughs) shut the front door. (laughs) So we're really excited for this. Is there any last comments anybody has before we uh, uh, move on? Feel free to contact me on Kickstarter. Uh, Yeah, like if you have any questions or um, thoughts, I'd love to hear them. Do you have a a social media? I do. Um, So it's Fates End Games on Facebook. Wonderful, wonderful. And uh, right now it's Fates and Towers on Instagram. Okay. We'll get those linked. Uh, I'm sure Alicia will drop those in the, the the comments, and we'll also make sure to link those in the podcast when it goes live. Thank you. Hey, Crit Nation. Man, it feels like just a few weeks ago we posted something about adorable creatures for our game, and man, were our wishes answered. We just found out about an awesome new 5e game full of adorable little creatures. Fates and Furhaven just funded on Kickstarter, and we are so excited about it. The world of Aloria is a 
place of mystery and danger where adorable creatures undertake dangerous quests to protect their families and homes. The main hub of commerce and civilization is a settlement known as Furhaven, a large community of humble furs from throughout the forest, pastures, and sunny spaces. Furhaven is an exciting campaign setting for 5th edition, full of colorful characters, magical items and spells, new races, and daring adventures. The adorable Kickstarter comes with boxed game bundle for ease of use for even the smallest youngling in the family. Back it today, rebrand.ly slash critfurhaven, and pick up a freaky adventure of the Lost Library. And now, what you've all been waiting for, our Unearthed Tips and Tricks segment, where we bring you new and reusable material for both players and DMs. Alrighty, folks. Uh, our character concept is going to be shared by our special guest, Kim. Would you like to introduce your character? For sure. I'm going to read some of this because my brain wanders. <laughs> I know that feeling. <laughs> so um, our special character is named Poppy. So Poppy, this chipmunk may be tiny, but look out. You don't want to mess with this one. Behold the power. Our balls are fun. <laughs> uh, like a caffeine-infused force of nature, this little chipmunk is always on the go. Nearly 10 years ago, you were left in the care of an elderly couple of sheep, Elidor and Elwyn. They are simple farmers who live outside the small farming village of Daisy Shire, about a day's travel from Furhaven. You don't know any of the details, but the elder sheep, a sheep couple, have been your guardian since then. They never share details of what happened to your parents, but they tell you that your parents were good folk. Hmm. Uh, let's see. Uh, life on the farm could be a little dull for a group of rambunctious younglings. Nothing exciting ever happens, but it's a safe place with good, healthy meals every day. Um, and their motiva motivation is exploration of the world beyond Daisy Shire Poppy and Poppy's untapped powers. Um, accidents happen, <laughs> but uh, Poppy believes there's more to their unexpected explosions of speed and random acts of fireballs. <laughs> I love it. That is so adorable. And uh, uh, Dulcinea says it reminds of the reminds her of the the, the oh, character right. in Over the Hedge. Like oh to... my gosh! I... Yes, the little one that just yeah. has so much caffeine in him. <laughs> I was thinking the score from Hoodwink. That works too. Oh, <laughs> um, yeah. I love this character concept. I like that um, that uh, Poppy is excited for their power but also recognizes the dangers but is willing to put themselves in danger to, to experiment with explosions mm -hmm. and it just it sounds like so much fun and i think that this would be an amazing encounter in even a regular game if you tossed it into like the fey wild so you oh can use God. this character in concept in these details right in your current <laughs> games i think and it would be so much fun i must have I'm now picturing that one penguin from Madagascar. Kaboom! Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, kaboom! I love it! 
Yes, Rico, kaboom. Um, I really like the, 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 the story that you have uh, fleshed out here. Um, it gives really great personality to him. I love the little chipmunk voice you did. Spot on. Well done. <laughs> Behold my mighty power. Fireballs. <laughs> I love it. Um, I definitely will. Uh, so I'm running an adventure uh, for my, uh, uh, my Emerald patrons right now. And they're in the Wild. So if you're listening to this or watching this, because our editor is in that game, you can expect to run into Poppy, because this is adorable. (laughs) All right, that'll do it for our character concept. (laughs) Poppy, the sorcerer, Chipmunk. I love it. It needs to be a wild magic sorcerer. Mm -hmm. Of course. Yep. All right, Ian, would you like to tell us about our monster variant today? Okie dokie. We have the Falcon Orc. The origin is the knight. Also known as the Ken Nicket for you Monty Python fans. <laughs> now, from the lost feature are the, the plate armor, now it just becomes natural armor, AC-17. You lose the heavy crossbow, you lose leadership, you lose parry, you lose the great sword, and the HP is changed to 40. Now, the new features they get are they are immune to cold and thunder, they resist slashing from non-magical attacks that aren't adamantine, and they are straight up immune to fire. They are vulnerable to cold and thunder. They are vulnerable to cold and thunder. Fire damage though can suck it. <laughs> <laughs> and they also gain some spell casting. They can cast using their charisma, which is a spell DC save of 12, control flames, and mold earth. Nice. Um, we're also going to give it fire aura. So at the start of every turn, on the, or at the start of each of the volcanic orcs turn, volcan orcs turn, each creature within five feet takes one d four fire damage. And of course, things that are flammable go kaboom. I'm sure Poppy would be proud. Uh, a creature that touches the volcan orc or hits it with a melee attack also takes one d four damage. We are also going to give it a flame tongue sword. You're welcome, players. <laughs> <laughs> Which does 1d8 uh, plus 3 slashing damage and, of course, an extra 2d6 uh, fire damage. Yeah. The other players want to kill it. Right, right? <laughs> Next, we're going to give it Hurl Flame so it can lob fireballs, once again, making Poppy proud, <laughs> for 3d6 uh, damage. And, of course, it lights stuff on fire as well. And, of course, you know me, I either give them legendary actions or reactions because I want dynamic combat. We're going to give it Burning Rush. This guy really has an issue with people that when he, that cast spells on him. So when uh, immediately after a creature casts a spell of first level or higher that deals cold or thunder damage within 20 feet, the Volcanorc can move up to twice its speed without provoking op attacks and then make one flame tongue attack against the creature. Kim, what do you think about this? Oh, look at that artwork. Yeah. Oh, man, that's amazing. It turned amazing. out so good. Yes, I love oh, it. Oh, man. All I can say is he's toasty. <laughs> <laughs> he's hot. <laughs> oh. I think oh, I love it. Be proud. Man, that rush attack is amazing. So, in go ahead. Chill, Falconark. You did what now? Denied. Uh, sorry. <laughs> so, um, I actually got a flack a lot, a lot of flack about this from a guy who said he thought my build was a little bit more powerful, which is why we lowered its hit points and everything. But that's besides the point. I gave this creature two vulnerabilities, and that reaction only triggers. When they attack towards his vulnerabilities. Yep. Oh, that's so clever. for me, this is a perfect opportunity to either play, let the hopefully the the smart character shine, because if you give the the player an opportunity to roll a knowledge check when this happens or an intelligence check, 
They yeah. can put together that, oh, it's only happening when we attack with this because, <laughs> duh, it's doing double damage. Of course he's going to be angry with us. You're just pissing him <laughs> off. Yeah, right? Um, other than that, uh, um, what, what do you, how, would, how would you use this in uh, your campaigns? Or if you came up against this, how would you, uh, how would you deal with it, Kim? Oh, man, that's tough. Um, so I would change him to an elemental. Uh, we have sure. raging elementals throughout our land. Oh, I love so that. He could still look a little bit like him, but we don't really tend to have humanoids. Um, I see. I have to remember. He. I would probably try to use frost Ooh. on him. Nice. Um, that would be a good start. That's something that Poppy might get a little later in the game. Um. Uh. But yeah, like that. That rush without the uh, the reaction. It's tricky. It is. But yeah. I, I thought that it was a perfectly fair trade-off for like, giving them two yeah. vulnerabilities. Oh, yeah. mm. oh, for sure. Because um, I would probably try to take them down with my ranger. Yep, that would yeah. definitely, uh, a hit-and-run <laughs> tactic is definitely something yeah. you're going to need. Yeah. So, all right. Uh, if anybody's interested, um, we have a fully fleshed-out backstory, character templates, art, or character uh, stat blocks, lore, all that good stuff, uh, part of our Patreon for this character. Uh, so if you're head on over there, consider checking that out if you want a little more than just the go-do-it-yourself stuff that we give you. <laughs> all right, that'll do it for our character concept. I am really excited or for our monster concept. <laughs> I'm really excited for our encounter, Kim. Will you tell us all about Fur Haven's The Lost Library? Yes. So, uh, in the middle of the night, um, a small, mysterious tower has recently appeared outside the borders of a nearby forest. What's odd in it, that's odd in itself. They don't usually have buildings that just appear. <laughs> but what is truly strange is that folks are sure it's never seen in the same place twice. There are rumors of strange little creatures lurking near this new tower. Surely a building as magical as this, there must be treasure inside. Uh, they also discover just odd things appearing in places that aren't really expected. So when you begin the, 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 um, the adventure, expect to find some things in places where something else may have been. Sure. I love it. I love that you allude to lore in this. So for those that don't know, you can actually pick this adventure up right now on the Kickstarter page, I believe, um, mm -hmm. for free. Um, so you can check it out and it, it gives you everything you need to run it with your the kids right out the right out the gate. And it, it mm -hmm. is a very wonderful introduction to Furhaven and is a great uh, uh, adventure in and of itself. I really enjoyed reading it. I love the layout. Mm -hmm. It's very gorgeous. You guys did some phenomenal work. Um, just w wonderful. Now, um, I do have to preface this with, if you get this free product, I guarantee you will immediately go and back the Kickstarter. So if you're <laughs> listening to this, go and pick this up right now and see what you got to look forward to. Um, cause that really got me super excited. The book will look very much like this. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and have a similar feel to it, for sure. Yeah, I wish I would have gra uh, grabbed a PDF of it and had it open so I could show people on the stream. <laughs> you know what? I'm, I'm only one man. <laughs> All right, definitely uh, check out The Lost Library. I'm big on stuff like this because... I love lore, and the fact that you're yeah. you're starting with a library means that's a great opportunity to get the characters interest uh, engaged in the two and other pillars of the game, which is exploration 
and role mm-hmm. play, and mm-hmm. it really pushes yeah. pushes that quite a bit. Um, and I really, really like that. And it's also a really great way to expand on the lore of the world through the character actions by exploring a library. I want to go look at the bookcase. You see, you know, you pluck out a book that's got a little bit of furry binding. And it turns out to be conjure a, a book on conjuring woodland being or something weird like that. I guess I don't know how that would work in a in a world where everyone's a woodland being. Uh, so instead of animals, they would be summoning uh, insects oh, and big creatures. That. That's yeah. awesome. See, she already yeah. thought of it. It's great. Um, it's adorable, and I, I like that you can expand on the 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 lore with these things. So kudos to you and the team. Is there anything else you wanted to elaborate on for that oh, adventure? Gosh. That's so hard. Um, Gosh, there's just, uh, I wish I could go into some of the depth of the stories. Um, there is, there's a lot to unpack. And just this free adventure, there's there's some big story elements that you won't discover until the very end of the major adventure uh, entire um, arc. Love that. Um, and... No, I just I'm I'm really grateful for your time and um this is this has been a lot of fun. I love talking about Fur Haven and um <laughs> you know, fight me, D and D, RPG, all of that. Like I it's my jam. I'm a nerd. I I love RP, I love adventure, I love exploration. So it's it's totally something I, I have it. <laughs> Silverwolf says, can you imagine if your D&D adventuring group narratively stumbles onto a portal that ends up in the realm of Furhaven, turning into playable races of Furhaven? Oh, I am all for that. Let's do that. I want to give something away. Okay, only you guys know this. Okay. Tabaxi may not be Tabaxi. They're from our world. (gasps) That is hot. (laughs) And there's a lot of reasons for that, but I can't go into it. Nor can I think you, you say be, to Max. You can't you be book. yanking at my heartstrings like that and just pulling away. <laughs> it's just unacceptable. You've got me in tears almost. All right. That'll do it for our encounter, the lost <laughs> library. Uh, our m- magical item of the podcast is the Tome of Woodland Guardians. Yeah. Justin, why did you pick and create <laughs> this? I wonder why. Uh, this wondrous, very rare item does require attunement by a spellcaster. This tome was created from a tree housing a fey dryad. She sang it into existence as a gift to a group of young adventurers who protected the forest from an evil blight. Its cover made of bark is in, uh, intricately carved with images of woodland creatures, vines, and trilobed leaves. The tome of the woodland guardians acts as an arcane focus and a spellbook. While attuned to it and holding it, you have a plus two bonus to spell attacks and spell save DCs. The tome has ten charges for the following properties. It gains 1d6 plus four expended charges daily at dawn. If you expend the last charge, roll a d20, and on a one, it wilts and turns to dust. Oops. (laughs) And through it, it has its own set of spells. And you can use an action to expend one or more of the tome's charges to cast one of the following spells from it. Using your spell save DC. Conjure Woodland Beings, which cost seven charges. Faithful Hound, six charges. Legend Lore, four charges. Speak with Animals, one charge. Spike Growth, three charges. Warding Bond, two charges. You can also cast Pass Without Trace spell from the tome without using any charges. Oh, wow, that's amazing. But wait, there's more. <laughs> 
Oh, yeah, I totally forgot there was more. <laughs> the Dryad's Kiss. Uh, as an action, you can perform an ancient incantation that summons Floral from the Fey Realm. A creature you can see within rage is covered with small purple buds and takes 3d8 necrotic damage. <laughs> a successful wisdom save, uh, saving throw negates the damage but doesn't prevent the plant growth. The buds can be removed by the target or an ally on the target within five feet. Uses an action. Or, uh, uh, wow, I totally goofed that up. Uh, <laughs> the buds can be removed by the target or an ally of the target within five feet who uses an action to make a successful intelligence, nature, or wisdom medicine check against your spell save DC. Or uh, by a greater restoration or similar magic. While the buds remain, whenever the target takes damage from a source other than this spell, one bud blossoms into a purple and yellow flower that deals an extra 1d8 necrotic damage to the target. Once four blossoms have formed in this way, the buds can no longer be removed by non-magical means. The buds and blossoms wilt and fall away when the spell ends, provided the creature is still alive. If a creature affected by this spell dies, sweet-smelling blossoms quickly cover its body. The flowers wilt and die after a month. You cannot use this feature again until the next dawn. Kim, what do you think? I love that. Oh my gosh, I want one. (laughs) Amazing. What spell duration? Oh, wow. For which, uh, which, oh yeah, it should be a minute. I guess I didn't put that in there. Fail! (laughs) Should be up for a one uh, Oh no! It'd be... I love that you have to you have to remove the flowers, man. Like, as a player using that, that's awesome. As oh, yeah. a player who's receiving that, man, <laughs> <laughs> it's brutal. Um, I don't. I I typically avoid the very rare and legendary items because I feel like those don't get as much play. But this is one I had on my mind for a time, some time now, and then just the Fur Haven theme. Just like you know what. I gotta, I gotta go with it, and I fit it into the lore and everything, and I just, I'm really happy with how it came out. We got the magical conjured little beings, uh, then we got the, or insects, ha, you can do insects, I like that. <laughs> the faithful hound, all that stuff just kind of fits the nature vibe, so. I love it. What do you think, Ian? This thing be dangerous. Yeah. Yeah. Pass without a trace. At will. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah, it's super powerful. Yeah. But it's very rare, too, so. Yeah. That's the trade-off, I suppose. All right, uh, that'll do it for our magic item, the Tome of Woodland Guardians. Now, on to our Dungeon Master tip. Theater of the Mind, Story Beats, and Reversals. Narrative-focused mini-free combat rewards those who plan with some reversals and surprises in their encounters. Surprises that do not depend on the map. Instead, they they depend on NPC plans, schemes, and speech, and on characters' histories and goals. What is a reversal? A story reversal that assumes the characters are surprised is a great story beat. As a GM, you can have a goblin chief shout out, Trapped you at last! And you and make the characters wonder who sold them out. Running the encounter without a map and minis is likely to reward you uh, with player surprise and engagement, and it reduces haggling over the details of position and vision. Oh. Story beat are not really about combat in terms of damage and wounds, though they are certainly they certainly can have an effect on combat. Instead, you're trying to get an emotional reaction, disgust, fear, surprise, wonder, joy, relief, or determination, mm. and so on. 
If you say the spider has crawled under your armor, the player of that character is likely to think about how to pry it out. As a GM, it's much more fun to hear, it's inside of my armor. Someone help me. <laughs> Rather than, I want you to move within five feet of me so I can grant you advantage to help get it out. And I agree with that. Yeah, positioning can, can kind of be uh, kind of a time sink and kind of removes the fun from it. See, for me, it's the exact opposite. <laughs> Yeah, see, and that's and I think that comes in depending on the way you like to uh, right. play. Um, it is yeah. worth noting that this does come from Cobalt Guide to Game Mastering. I am not some great strategist or uh, giver of DM tips, which I guess we are. Yep. <laughs> yep. And, and I'll admit, one thing I kind of did slightly disagree with, and granted this is my personal opinion, where it said, Theater of the Mind reduces haggling over details of position and vision, where for me, the my personal experience has been the exact opposite. <laughs> Oh, yeah, because you there's no mistaking where everyone's at. Right. Yeah, I can see that. Um, I really like this yeah. because I like that it engages the players in a, what am I doing right now? How am I going to react um, less with the, okay, I need to move my mini and deal with it. It's more yeah. genuine, I would think, um, yeah. and more reactive, which is sure. something I'm a big fan of, which is why it is a theater of the mind story beats and reversals, not minis and... Uh, beat story beats and reversals but uh mm -hmm. is there anything you would like to expand on with this kim no um let's see i'm just gonna reread part of this um no i i i love role playing i that's my favorite part and definitely sometimes i feel like in 5e the um the combat can remove some of the joy out of role playing mm -hmm. um and and i kind of like kind of the the, the theater of the mind and, and kind of bringing back the story, back the emotion, back mm -hmm. the flavor. Uh, so it's not just stats and positioning right. and kind of the, the logical rule sets. It's, it's, it's kind of more both. I, I really like that. Absolutely. Uh, all right. That'll do it for our Dungeon Master tip. Theater of the mind, story beats, and reversals. This was specifically for theater of the mind because that's what I do best. Yep. Sorry, people. <laughs> and people who like tactical maps, that's okay too. No, you're all wrong. Yeah, and that's, that's the beauty of this is is there's there's something for anybody in Absolutely. their play style. Oh yeah. yeah. All right, moving on to our player tip of the podcast. Don't, Don't be, be a, a dick. dick, and you can avoid <laughs> dickitude by letting your personality shine during dire straits. Some of the most memorable demonstrations of character personalities appear in Dire Straits. A character re retorts to a villain's threat with a trademark one-liner, shouts a famous battle cry, leaps into harm's way to protect others, or turns and flees in the face of overwhelming odds. Every battle, hazard, or other dire situation offers opportunities for roleplay, especially if things go awry. When your character lands in a dire situation, how does he or she or they feel? How do they react? Do they follow a code? Do they follow their heart? Or do they just look out for themselves and not others? Or maybe they look out for others. <laughs> Below are some examples to consider uh, when trying to decide how to react. How courageous are you in a dire straits situation? Are you brave, competitive, steady, cautious, reckless, fierce? Ian? Yeah, well, I mean, uh, in character or uh, out of character? <laughs> Always in character. 
Uh-huh. Yeah, I definitely played some characters that who are all the above. <laughs> yeah, that's definitely uh, and and when we talk this, everyone play is there's no wrong way to play your character, right? We're mm-hmm. just providing some insights. Ian, do you want to uh, uh, answer this or put out this next one here? And how does your character feel when faced by setbacks? Are they stoic, driven, happy-go-lucky, <laughs> vengeful, bold, and impassioned? I think my warlock came to mind in particular with happy-go-lucky. Can I be happy-go-lucky and vengeful? That's <laughs> very much a, uh, a uh, what's her uh, Joker's girlfriend's name? Harley Quinn. Harley Quinn. That's oh, She's happy-go-lucky and, and vengeful. <laughs> um, Kim, would you like to take that last one there? Yes. How calm are your nerves? Calm? Skittish, reckless, impulsive, patient, and unshakable. Me personally, I'm impulsive and skittish. <laughs> I love it. Um, All the time. So, uh, and this comes from the 4th edition PHB. Yeah. I know we've talked about this in the past. Everyone, 4E gets a lot of flack, but we honestly love it. Yeah. But if, if you don't take it for anything else, the player tips, the DM tips, and everything that come out of this book have never been done better in any other book, in my opinion. And quite frankly, it has some good rules that were just some good ideas. So, uh, getting back on point, because I always feel like we need to defend 4th edition because we're some of the few that actually really loved it. And it was my 1st edition, too, so... Oh, it was your first? Yeah. <laughs> that probably holds a special place in your heart, too, then. And, and the first group I played with it lasted two years, so... Yeah. Um, all right, so what do you guys think about this kind of uh, player tip that kind of gives you an assessment of what your character would do in a situation so you can kind of stick to that? Would you use something like this? Oh, uh, me personally, I've used... Um, so a lot of the, the, the five characters that uh, come with the, the box game mm-hmm. are like this. We've got Harper, who is a hedgehog. He's really shy... Um, it rolls up in his little ball of quills, um, is not one who's going to take, uh, n- the initiative, I guess, mm-hmm. to go out and battle. Poppy just blasts forward without considering danger or anything. Um, we've got another character that's more strategic. Uh, it's a skunk named Sage and they're kind of, they're strategic and intelligent, but, um, definitely I love using these words that kind of help drive the character because, I, you know, when, when you're in a world like this and you're playing a specific character, it's really fun to play them as something that isn't you. Yes. Um, and kind of try to dig into what their motivations or emotions or, um, you know, how brave or how calm they are in situations. Yep. And I think when you're in dire straits, that is one of the best ways to find out exactly how your character would behave. Yes. Um, and it's so fun to have one player that's like the one that's going into battle and the other one that just runs the other way <laughs> <laughs> that's me <laughs> um, all right that'll do it for our player to of the podcast don't, don't be, be a dick. dick and you can avoid dickitude <laughs> by letting your personality shine during dire straits and oh, we're not talking the band not the there's, there's a band called that probably <laughs> probably <laughs> i don't even know yes, all right yes, um <laughs> before we close out today every week we love to give away fat loots on our show we make it rain to fill up your dragon's horde this week is no different 
Today's RPG Fat Loot giveaway is Questmaster, compliments of Pesto Publication. Join a comedy show that pits five teams of adventurers against a series of ridiculous quests in this adventure for fifth, uh, fifth to eighth level characters. Questmaster is a one-shot inspired by the British panel show Tazmaster, which I googled and is hilarious. You should do it too. Uh, complete, compete against the Star Scale Kobolds, the Unnecessary Umalots, the Guild of friends and the cult the cult occult to win fantasy role-playing's greatest prize a large amount of gold um this is very much a if you want to run a slapstick night of comedy this is the adventure for you who is our winner today ian our winner today is garrett bess If you enjoy the product, please make sure to leave a review. It always helps content creators. Um, if you didn't win, have no fear. Crit Academy is here. Head on over to CritAcademy.com and subscribe for your chance to win to our newsletter. Super easy. Uh, please don't forget to take our quick survey and let us know what you like and what you don't like about the show so we can take that feedback and improve the show to make it a better, more enjoyable experience for you, the wonderful audience. We are bards after your ear, after all. Now, in order to take that test, visit rebrand.ly slash crit survey. I'm pretty sure there's some sort of reward for that, too. We're going to make it rain on some people, so do that. Um, before we close out today, I would just like to say once again, um, Kim, thank you so much for joining us today. Indeed. Thank you. Hopefully you, hopefully you enjoyed yourself as much as I did. Oh, yeah. uh, or I assume he had fun, too. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously. I'm very, like, I love this stuff. Um, before we close out, do you want to give yourself and y- yourself and your Kickstarter one more plug? Sure, yeah. So, um, again, I'm Kim Bory from Fate Send for Haven. Um, yeah, please join us. Uh, we've got lots of fun characters to unlock. Uh, we've got, uh, let's see, we've got a barbarian turtle coming up. We've got a <laughs> lizard warlock. We've even got an axolotl lizard. Um, he's pretty <laughs> adorable. Um, and yeah, thank you so much for the time and attention. All right. Thank you for coming on. We definitely enjoyed it. Now and you're welcome. Uh, I am your host, Justin. And I'm your guest, Kim Bory. And I'm your co-host, Ian. Thanks for listening. Keep your blades sharp and spells prepared, heroes. <laughs> <laughs>